do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. This show is like a journal where I talk about the things my brain has consumed so that they do not sit up there and slowly drive me insane. You may not have consumed some of the things I have, so please consider this a warning of possible spoilers. Last, but least, in an idea stolen from John Gabris, I offer to you the following deal. Rate the podcast, meaning this one, five stars in iTunes, and I will read just about anything you put in the review. Let's not go crazy, though, you fucking nutjobs. Um, uh, lastly, I will push a button that will start a series five five minute timers uh, that will count down the podcast as we go like this here ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to review some things Today's movie monologue sponsor is The Hate Boat. Like the love boat, but with hate instead of love. Movie the first is the fifth and final in the Phantasm series. Yes, we did it. Uh, I think overall the series will go a solid three out of five, which if you're unfamiliar with my rating system, system is uh, enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And, and as a series as a whole, that's probably what I would do with Phantasm. Uh, the first one I really didn't like. The second one I really did like. Uh, the other ones sort of fell in between, let's say, including this one. Uh, this is probably lower on the scale just for the reason that I was hoping it was going to tie everything up, answer all my questions of this crazy universe in which uh, <laughs> I was going to attempt to explain what's going on, but uh, it's impossible. These movies are insane. Uh, in a good way, I will admit, but I think you can still be ex insane and then explain things, which this I never really felt like like it did. So uh, for that reason, this one will go like a two. But uh, Phantasm series it, it, as a whole, if you like crazy movies, you might like this. One, one thing I, I will say about this that I do enjoy is the, the, the sort of main dude, the ball-headed, ponytailed, ice cream salesman main character, just to give you an idea of this movie. I like that. I, I like a main character who doesn't fit your sort of your your Tom Cruises or your 
uh, I don't know, who's another action? <laughs> I use Tom Cruise as an example. Idiot, I don't even like Tom Cruise. Scientology. Next we have movie the second, The Running Man. Oh, The Running Man? Somehow, someway, based on a Stephen King short story, although not too much, I don't think. I think I read it. I can't remember. Uh, I, I am reading a Stephen King book as we speak. Well, not as we speak, because I'm recording a podcast. But I mean, during the time when I'm not recording and am reading, the book that I am reading is Stephen King's It. So, that'll be in a future uh, book banter, just fly. Uh, the Running Man decided to watch, uh, fits in the sort of category that quite often happens, movies I hear about on podcasts and decide to watch. Uh, I had seen this one. This was probably my third viewing, if I had to guess, of this movie. Uh, also very sort of entrenched in the crazy movie vibe. Uh, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's, uh, for reasons, let's just say, ends up in a futuristic, uh, video game and esque uh, uh, not board game, <laughs> uh, a television show where he's got to compete to save his life. Yeah, sure. Um, on a game show. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, classic Schwarzenegger of the 80s for that reason. Uh, this movie, despite being not good in sort of... F it's not a good film, but it is a good flick, if you understand my meaning. So I'm going to give it uh, a 4 to some 5 out of 5 dumb Schwarzenegger's 80s moments. Uh, next we have Don't Breathe. Uh, this is one that the missus begged me to try to get and I finally found a copy of yay that um so made her happy she gave it a higher rating probably than I did uh interesting premise uh three teens let's call them break into the house of a former ex-military guy who is blind but has that dulled his killing ability uh no because if it did that would be a pretty boring movie uh, however, his, his, his other sentence are so heightened that he, a bit of a spoiler, quickly kills one of the guys, like, within seconds. Um, and then the other two gotta somehow escape, yada yada yada. There are some twists and turns in this that, uh, I did not see coming, so for that reason alone, I'll probably give it a 4 out of 5. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good, uh edge of your ct type of movie vv uh last but not least is Enamol enamolisa a-n-o-m-a-l-i-s-a enamolisa this is a very uh, despite the fact that i said uh phantasm and running man were weird this may be the weirdest uh, sticking to the timer today, so I don't have time to go into it, I'm going to go 3 to 4 out of 5. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Still Beating Snake Heart Gastropub. Thank you for that sponsorship. 
Okay, I got uh, kind of a cool new old one here. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, colon, A Cook's Tour. Uh, this was a show that was back on, uh, you know what, I got the wiki open, 2002-2003. Uh, yeah, so uh, I remember watching this back when it originally aired, and every time Anthony Bourdain came up in conversation, no matter what, I would always, and to this day I think still do, uh, mention the time that, while well, on this show, I saw him uh, drink, yeah, take a shot of, I don't know if he chewed, so that's why I'm sort of swallowed yeah let's say swallowed a still beating snake heart a snake was brought before him the heart was cut out put in a little dish uh and then he swallowed it down so that was probably the craziest thing i had ever seen up until that point in 2002 or 2003 whenever it was uh so it, it's sort of over the years it has become embedded in my brain so when I saw that A Cook's Tour uh, was available on Netflix, I, of course, watched every single of the 35 episodes. Um, something else I remember of this show is... Uh, this was back in the sort of pre-PVR uh, downloading watch whenever you want to watch days. So you sort of had to find shows. Uh, you had, I guess, TV Guide, which would often work. Usually work, but not always. So I remember never being able to find this show on a regular basis, but uh, maybe that was just me. Anyways, so yeah, this is uh, Anthony Bourdain, a very young Anthony Bourdain. Or rather, it's kind of interesting, well, this aired in 2002, I don't know when it was filmed... Uh, it's produced in 2000, 2001, aired in 2000. Uh, the, the reason I'm sort of questioning it is because how much younger he looks in these compared to how old he looks today. And perhaps the hard traveling the globe, eating crazy things, uh, during the filming of this, probably not anymore, smoking admittedly two packs a day. That is fucking insane. He's lucky he's not dead. Uh, maybe that sitting in the sun so much. Yeah, that's got to do it. He, he is, he is aged like a, <laughs> like a fine wine that perhaps is over aged. Yeah. That's not a very nice thing to say. We don't say mean things on this podcast. So what I will say is, uh, this is sort of the quintessential for me, travel and eating type show. Uh, I think Anthony Bourdain does it better than no other. Uh, another sort of cool comparison here is compare this to the show he's got on now, and you'll see some some cool differences that have come with his age. I think one of the main ones is he he's like a little more flowery with his words on these. Uh, I, I feel like some of the things he says on this his sort of present self would make fun of him for saying, uh, uh hippie-ish almost feeling. Yeah. Which is really, if you watch enough Anthony Bourdain, uh, some of the things he says, like at the end of the episodes in particular, uh, they seem very out of character. And that makes me wonder, was it him or was it perhaps, uh, producers who were having him sort of say these sort of trite, uh, hippie-like mantra -y sayings at the end of every episode. Uh, I don't know. So that, that, that would be my only knock, it, knock against it. 
and and my thought is maybe it's not even him. Uh, perhaps over the years, uh, this compared to his new show, he's sort of, and this does seem like him, have the sort of uh, I don't give a fuck attitude and has decided to do what he wants when he wants more so, which uh, which I like. Uh, okay, so what do we have in these? Uh, we've got eating the snake heart. Uh, we've got some uh, drinking um, of snake wine, of course. Various snake things. He eats more weird stuff, I think, in this one than in the newer ones. So, I love it. Five out of five. Today's book banter sponsor is Perturbed Maximilian's Gasoline Emporium. Thank you for that sponsorship of this book banter, or rather this double movie monologue. Uh, I think I've mentioned, Jesus, getting embarrassing now, uh, how long this Stephen King book has taken me to read. It is over a thousand pages, so cut me a little slack, please. And plus, you know how much money I'm getting to talk about Stephen King's It on this podcast? Bupkiss. I'm doing it out of the goodness and stupidity of my heart. So, when I decide to turn a book banter into a double movie monologue, uh, shut up. I'll do it if I want or have to. Uh, this one's kind of an interesting one. Um, little sneak peek to Game Gabin coming up after this segment, in which I started playing the video game Mad Max. I decided, uh, because I hadn't in a while, I would watch all of the Mad Max movies. Yes, Mad Max. Mad Max to the Road Warrior. Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. Even Mad Max Fury Road, a rewatching of. Um, so Fury Road I have now seen twice. Mad Max, the first one, probably two or three times. That's the worst one. Uh, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, that's a good one. That's probably five or sixth time I've seen it. And Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome, i got to be getting near the double digits for a number of times seen that. So, needless to say, I'm a bit of a Mad Max fan. Obviously. Uh, yeah, so let's compare them. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Mad Max, uh, played by none other than uh, What's-His-Nuts, Mel Gibson. Yeah, back before he was uh, racist or hid his racism better, I guess. Is that how you look at people like this now? Oh, boy. Uh, so in the first one, he plays a cop policeman um, in a, I guess post-apocalyptic world or just about to be post-apocalyptic it never really made sense where this one sort of fit into the world exactly um and for that reason it, it's, it's almost like a totally different movie than the other ones so i'm going to ignore it and give it a like one or two out of five I, yeah I, I don't like the first one uh second one now we get deep into the post-apocalyptic australia which is always kind of uh, something I like of this as well. Like when you, uh, and other things like uh, Metro 2033, those, those sort of things. Like post-apocalyptic usually focuses on what happens in the U.S. And I want to know what's going on in the rest of the world. So now uh, we know from the Mad Max series what's going on in post-apocalyptic Australia. And that is everyone's got souped up 
fucking crazy cars uh, and uh, gasoline is more important than water, basically. Uh, so it's sort of this fight for gasoline. A uh, little, they have that in the water world as well, but this is the opposite of the water world because it's also sort of very arid desert. Um, there's no life really to be had. Um, there's occasional, although they don't use this as fully as I think they could, uh, radiation. So uh, because of that, we know that this apocalyptic is an atomic bomb sort of apocalypse, I guess. Uh, in two, uh, if you compare two, Road, uh, Mad Max 2, the Road Warrior, to Mad Max Fury Road, you'll see a lot of similarities. Uh, picture Fury Road, but made in the 80s. So it doesn't have all this sort of crazy visual effects. Um, not that they used a super amount in Fury Road. Like, uh, they still have the chasing, uh, the, the cars running, uh, being chased, guys trying to stop cars <laughs> that's basically what these are uh and all of the movies have that to one degree or another and mad max beyond the thunderdome of course oh yeah uh, so number two i'll give that one like a four out of five it's really good mad max beyond the thunderdome five out of five because tina turner got to give a mark for her right there uh, and then Fury Road, also 5 out of 5. Uh, really sticking to the timer today, which I'm proud of because I normally don't. Watch some Mad Max movies, please. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Chumbucket's Garage. Thank you. Sponsorship. Okay, yeah, uh, as mentioned, uh, started last weekend, uh, so my first sort of foray into Mad Max video game. Uh, this one has sort of been on my radar for a while because of a couple of reasons. I love anything post-apocalyptic. Uh, it's come up on the podcast a million times. Um fallout being my favorite series uh, mad max being obviously movies that i greatly enjoy i thought the sort of combination of the two uh would be something i like then it came out and the reviews were not great uh for the most part i try not to let that sway me uh like i still got it this came out in 2015 though and i did let it sit on the shelf for a little while let's say uh for the price to go down because i thought uh, movie tie-in games, which is not really what this is, I guess. It sort of came out at the same time as Fury Road or thereabouts. Uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with the movie other than using the character and kind of sort of, kind of sort of using the world and the whole sort of Mad Max universe, I guess you could say. So I was leery. Uh, then it became, as things do from time to time, uh, a on sale on steam oh speaking of steam since we're in game gabin uh it is from your perspective i don't know when this is coming out uh, it'll be quite a while like a month from now but from my perspective it is june 7th oh behind the scenes action that is uh which means soon within the next week or two i think and hope uh, we'll have a steam sale uh which i am super super excited about i fucking love those i've been saving up 
So uh, I'll have a new uh, host of games to talk about, which I love. Uh, anyways, bad to Mad Max. So uh, first weekend in, and it's got a bit of a Far Cry feel. Uh, it's got a, a very, very loose Fallout feel in terms of some of the crazy characters that I've met so far. So so that I, that I appreciate it. Uh, lots of gathering of things, which so far hasn't got old so far i'm having a great time so far my rating for this would be four if not some cool five out of five moments hops into the action real quick um you're sort of going throughout this world trying to find things uh, to build up your car uh, if you're familiar with mad max you know crazy fucking cars uh so you start off with kind of a shitty one maybe just like the bare bones skeleton of this uh, car the magnum opus i believe it they they call the car in in, in the game which is kind of cool um and then you're you're say uh, say you'll go to an area where there's a bunch of bad guys uh you'll destroy their base in the base you'll find a combination of scrap metal uh which is sort of I guess you would say the money of the world is scrap metal, which uh, you think it would be gasoline, which you also need to find because uh, you can run out of gas, which is kind of a, a, a cool thing you don't often find in video games where you actually have to find gasoline and you can run out of gasoline and be stranded. Uh, it, not easy to do, but just the fact that they added it because that is something that happens in the Mad Max universe. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, my, my other th sort of thought here is uh fallout 3 and i do believe new vegas didn't have super super high ratings i think they were in the 80s sometimes even in the 70s uh, percent that is uh so people can be wrong <laughs> uh don't always listen to what everyone's saying uh i i could find a game fallout that was rated 70 80 percent and give it a hundred percent because i like it so much more than what other people it's not insane uh and so far this game although not nearing um fallout in terms of my love of it uh definitely going to continue playing definitely will be talking more of it here in the game gabin so there you go uh, this comes to us from, uh, well, there you go. Hey, perfect timing. One more segment, but I gotta take a poop, so we'll see how that goes. Or rather, leave a poop. Today's internet inter-horror sponsor is the Cake Scarab, which gave Cake Boss, Cake Boss, the ability to communicate with the dead. This includes fictional characters who have died either in canonical works or in fan fiction, or those characters for whom enough time has passed that we can safely assume they have died. For example, Huck Finn. Thank you, sponsor. Item the first, how did this get made, Running Man? Oh, wait a second. Yeah, uh, part of this uh, podcast episode, um, I mean this one that I'm saying these words on, uh, is it, it sort of happened by accident and then I forced it to happen, and that was to connect things. So uh, I started playing the Mad Max video game, then I watched 
all the Mad Max movies. Uh, I listened to the podcast, How Did This Get Made? In which they spoke of The Running Man, and then I watched The Running Man. Uh, and I guess that's it. <laughs> but still, that's uh, that's pretty connected. The only thing that is not connected here is a cook's tour. So let's say that um, everyone in all of these things eats food at some point. Hell, uh, in, in fact, in Mad Max Fury Road, uh, Mad Max eats a two-headed lizard, which is something Anthony Bourdain probably would have done. Gotcha. Uh, I love how did this get made, the podcast, just period, but when they do a movie that I have enjoyed on multiple occasions, that's when it really sort of shines for me. So, uh, if you haven't seen Running Man, uh, maybe this episode isn't for you, but look at their back catalog, find one where they spoke of a movie that really speaks to you, and listen to that episode. That's all I'm saying. Uh, next is the Comedy Bang Bang 2016 Tour. Oh, this is kind of interesting. On my drive home from work today, uh, I am about halfway done the final episode of the aforementioned 2016 Tour. Um, I'm pretty sure this has come up. I did break down, get myself a HAL subscription. So um, what I'm doing is sort of filling podcast time between uh, podcasts with HAL things so that I get my money's worth. Not that it's a crazy amount, but the frugalness of my brain forces me to do things like that. Um, uh, fucking awesome. Just period. Uh, the first two stops were in Toronto, making me wish I had have gone. Um, but uh, but overall, uh, just insane amount, insane amounts of laughters. So I'll just say it at that and leave it at that is what I meant to say. Man, I really got to go to the washroom. Okay, uh, uh, next is uh, Rose Moon TV. Ah, uh, yes, this is an interesting new addition to the Internet Intercourse Repertoire. Uh, you have heard me on this podcast speak very highly of a, uh, a cosplayer, um, among many, many other things, YouTuber, uh, cam model, geez, uh, the list goes on and on, uh, Vera Bambi, yeah, so, uh, just, just a great, seemingly, uh, it, it's that sort of knowing through the internet, so I should say seemingly a great person, uh, as someone who, uh, puts out content that I very much enjoy, uh, she recently hired a new assistant in the form of, apparently, her sister, named Rose, uh, her sister sort of getting into the social media game, I guess you could say, uh, has started up a YouTube channel of her own and I've watched the first four or five episodes and they're pretty freaking awesome too. So some, something going on in the, uh, the Vera Bambi Rose Moon gene pool, uh, that makes them create uh, really cool things on YouTube. So I thought I would, as I do, that's what this is for. Uh, talk about it here. Say you should go check it out. Uh, lastly, some helpful sites for a new DM or Dungeon Master if you prefer. Oh, shit. Did I? Oh, yeah, I did, too. I was just going to say, did I make the list? Uh, okay, so, uh, shit. Uh, I really didn't plan this out. Um, but luckily, the timer's about to go down. So, uh, what I'll do... And while I remember to do this, maybe I'll put a bunch of links in the episode description. I got uh, things where you get like random maps, random NPCs. Uh, I've got my custom character sheets. I've got player's handbook. 
Uh, DM screen quick reference. Oh, that one I should revise because I sort of made my own, which is uh, a lot of the stuff is I've sort of made my own, which is why I thought I would share it. Okay, folks, we did it. Stuck exactly to the timer, which I never fucking do. It's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper